we worship you, Almighty God. You are the unchangeable God, the God that is forever faithful, the God that doesn't change. We'll bless you this evening, Mighty God. We ascribe unto you honor, power, dominion forever and ever, for you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy of our praises. You alone are worthy of our adoration. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you, mighty God, the unchangeable God, the dependable God, the one who is forever faithful. For we can always rely on you, God. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, King of glory. There is none like unto you, Lord. There is none that can be compared with you, Father. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we worship. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Yeah, we'll, I'll give a recap of uh, what we talked about on Sunday. And then we'll have a discussion and then we'll go into prayers. Um, briefly, we mentioned that uh, we talked about motherhood, how uh, it is a God-given assignment. And then we read uh, Philipp Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, that talks about bringing up a child. And we concentrated on that just to bring up a child. And we say that involved nurturing the child, teaching, educating, um, modeling, and a lot more that uh, we are supposed to do as parents in order to bring up the child. And we did say that to bring up means to raise up that child to maturity. Amen. And... Um, we also mentioned some, I gave some highlights, like uh, two points. One was that we should um, bring up the child in faith according to the finished work of Jesus Christ. And that is so that they will be sure of who they are. They'll be secure in their identity. And then the second point um, highlight that I mentioned was to bring up the child in love and that um, we should not have um, favorite because God doesn't have one and that we need to affirm the child and then in loving that child it has to be in a way that makes sense to the child. Amen. And I'm going to add a few more before we discuss. The other point that I had uh, on my note, which I didn't get to, was to bring up the child by speaking life into that child's life. And that means even if the child, what you see in the child doesn't look right, we have to be like God. The Bible says in Romans 4, 17b, that God is the God that calls things that be not as if they were. So, 
Whatever you want to see in the life of a child, you have to speak it up. You know, call it to be. Not seeing what you see or what the child is doing, but what you want the child to be. Amen? That's the same way that God called um, Sarah, 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 and called Abraham, Abraham. Because that's what he wanted. He wanted them to be, Abraham to be a father of nation and Sarah to be mother of all nations. So he called, even though they weren't there yet, but he spoke it into being. Amen. And then the other point is to always bring up a child in a secure environment. Um, I don't just mean having burglary proof or security in the house, but making sure that that child is protected as long as it is within our power. Um, if the child is at school, I mean, you are not there, there's nothing you can do. But while you are there, it means when you're in the house or if you have to send that child to another place, either for sleepover or whatever, you have to make sure that that environment is good. Not, um, and that you're not putting the child in a compromised um, situation where the child can be um, molested, you know, in any way. Uh, most of the um, crime that are committed against young ones, like molest uh, molestation, they occur by, they, well, they occur by um, uh, relatives or people that the child trusts. So we have to be careful. It is our responsibility as parents to check that out. If you know that the security of your child will be compromised, then you have to take a uh, measure to prevent that. Um, I'll give an example. When my daughter was going, the last born, Ime, was going to uh, university for the first time, she didn't have a car, and she had to take bus from Gwinnett to downtown that was okay, you know, the bus would drop her in front of the school, just, just um, state. But coming back, she had to take train, mother, get to downtown, and she hadn't done that before. And this is a child that came from Nigeria not long, and we haven't been so much going to downtown. Even though I told uh, my other daughter, Ikama, to take her, show her the school, when she came back, I said, Can, will you be able to ride the bus? Uh, and know your way to come back. She said she's not sure. So I took a day of work. I took her. I said, okay, I'll just go with you, stay with you in school until you finish your classes, and then I'll ride with you to show you exactly what you're supposed to, because at that point, her security was, at, um, uh, at, was my concern. You know, she could make one wrong turn uh, downtown, and... Um, you know, it would be a different story. So I went with her, stayed with her, stayed in the library. She went for classes, came back at lunch. We had lunch, and she came with her friend. And she said, this is my mom. She came with me to school. And the friend laughed and said, your mom came with you to school? And then she said, I wish somebody came with me on my first day. So to me, that meant a lot, you know. Um, and after that, you know, she was able to go by herself. 
Then the other way, uh, uh, thing we need to incorporate in our bringing up action is uh, uh, to bring up with compassion. You know, we have to teach our children how to, how to have compassion. I know in our country, Nigeria, is so looking at how people do things. People don't have compassion for people. But sometimes I see children here, they might want, they might see something and say, oh, I want to maybe make dolls for children who are suffering from cancer in the hospital. And the parents should encourage them. It's not, I know in our culture we'll say, have you finished your homework? Go and study. You know, if they have that interest, you should encourage them how to have compassion on people. Because who knows, maybe from there, uh, people will see what the child did, even though the child won't do it by him, he, by himself alone, you will help and other people will help, but that could be a way, you know, to uh, popularize, uh, popularize, give that boy, uh, a child um, a name, make a name for him, and that will help him in future. So we should always encourage that. And we see in the Bible that everything Christ did was because he had compassion. Colossians 3, 12, you know, whether it was healing, whether it was um, feeding the 5,000 or 2,000, was it 2,000 or 4,000? <laughs> the Bible says, and the Lord had compassion on the multitude, and the Lord had compassion on the people and healed them. So we should try to incorporate that into our bringing up uh, activity or action. Then the last one is to bring them up with prayer. As a mother or parent, we never stop praying for our children. That's very important. From the time they are young, even when they leave home, you shouldn't stop. Just like, because they become like your uh, disciples, just like Paul was praying for his disciples in Ephesians chapter 1. We need to keep on praying for them, uh, for God's purpose in their life to be fulfill or establish. Amen? So that rounds up. Those are the highlights I wanted uh, us to uh, talk about this cause. If anybody has questions concerning any of those or any other thing that relates to what uh, we discuss, I'd like to take questions for us to discuss. Build a count. count. <laughs> yes. Good evening. I want to get uh, a clearer issue on this of. Uh, not having preference. Mm -hmm. For me, it's more of a theory or encouragement. Let the issue of not having having preference not be so glaring to affect the other kids. Because love cannot be equally shared. 
for you to say you have two, three kids and you love them equally. Even when you've made reference that uh, God didn't have favorites, I don't agree with you. God had favorites and he made it open that Israel is his own. Yeah? And he, made, he also said, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So if you say, what of me? Say, it's not your turn. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. So, but... The, the, I understand the consequences and the implication of, uh, of uh, having favorites and making it glary. Even if you are innocently making it glary. The kid may not even know the implication. In, in, in my family, I'm not the first, I'm not the last, but my my parents, when they are in, in this uh, planet Earth, yeah, my mom used my name to call my dad. Everybody didn't see it as anything until my most senior brother got married. And he noticed that my mom using my name to call my dad. She queried it. He said, why? Does it mean that he didn't love the first bird? Or second, that if it is the last bird, he will, she will consider. But for you to use the person in the middle, my mom didn't even think of it. Cannot even explain why. So when she said it, you know, sowing seed, other people start questioning. Say, ah, that's true. It means you love him more than so, but I know that if we, if we see it as uh, an issue, we will consciously guide against it. Does anyone have something to say, to add to that contribution? So, do you all have favorites? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's kind of very difficult. I <laughs> because um, just like you said, um, like my other siblings felt like my mother favored me more than everyone. And I kind of had problems. You know, even though they don't say it sometimes. But I didn't think so. But then with my own kids. I have one particular child that is, every time, like, there's a birthday, there's something, she kind of notes everything, then she's like, mommy, you didn't do that for this, you didn't do that for me. But to me, I feel like I'm very, very, you know, I don't think I have any favorite. But people don't think so, you know, and the children don't think so. so I don't understand how are you able to know? Probably you're doing it and you don't really know. So how are you able to really explain this? For one to know that you are being given equal love. 
and you are not favoring anybody. I find it very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Give her a letter, say. <laughs> and more so, you know, I have just one son. Uh-huh. When I tell people I have five girls and a boy, they be like, oh, that boy must be spoiled. But I don't, I don't even, seriously. But that's what people feel like, you know. And the other area where I had a problem was because it might not have been a boy, when the girls go out, I monitor them. Once it's nine o'clock, they are not home, I'm on their phone. And I start, I call almost every hour. And then one day one said, mommy, when Emmanuel goes out, we never hear. But when it's us, our friends be like, when the phone rings, they say, oh, I'm sure that's your mom calling again. <laughs> so would you call that being showing, you know, being partial or favor, you know, showing favors to one child? Okay. Let her talk. <laughs> so confusing. Well, I, I think it's you have to make a conscious effort to love all kids equally. Because the truth of the matter is all of them are not the same. Some are so caring, some are not, not that they are not caring, but they don't know how to show it. Some, before you finish the instruction, he knows what to do. Another one, you have to, did you even hear what I said? You know that kind of, sorry. For me, what I've been able to do is try to be conscious and then I put it in mind. What I do for one at one stage, I try to do it for the other person when that person gets to that stage. So that, because I've seen cases where kids say, you did, you, you did it for so, 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 so at 15. Now I'm 15, you know, take the example. Yesterday, I took Morewa to the stores to buy trousers. And um, I bought these trousers that they have you know, holes, all these funky. But, and I was still trying to tell her that, I girl, but then she now said something, which was one of the reasons at the back of my mind why I bought it for her. She said, when did they tell me they bought you, so you didn't see any hole? So, so, you know, they, they know. So, that, so I, I, I bought it for her, not because I really felt that she should have it, but you must be able to what you do for A, you do for B, you do for C. And if you cannot do it, explain to the other party why you cannot do it at that particular point in time. That has also helped me a lot. I will explain, look, this person is this way, you are not this way, or I cannot do it at this particular point in time for you, but I can do it, you know, later. So it's, it's a you know, but with the help of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Thank you for all the contribution. I still stand by my <laughs> statement. God does not have favorite. It's there in the Bible. What God will do for you, he will do for me. Now, God has his election. Like, you know, if you want uh, people, will I say, is it election? People that he would choose to do, carry out his purpose. And because he knows the intent of every heart and he knows everyone, he can make his choice based on that. He doesn't have to use the whole, all of his children. He, will, he knows those that he can use. So 
by choosing those people to carry out those specific functions doesn't mean that he's, uh, he has favorite. And then, like, you know, we have said, we have to be cautious because children do observe that. If they notice that you show more love, what you do to one, you should be able to do for the other. I don't have any favorite. I don't. <laughs> yes, I don't. There are some that would like to talk to me more, you know. I, I call them, they will respond immediately. There are some that will take some days before they respond. Doesn't mean I love them less. When um, one of my, like my second daughter, when she, you know, she's very smart. She had a lot of, you know, gifts and all that. Before, I used to display them in the house. And then it's like the Holy Spirit told me, are you trying to tell others? because they don't have as much that they don't amount to. So I just remove them. I put them away. They are all important. So I don't want to make one feel that she's uh, more important than others. That's me. <laughs> Any other question? Yeah. Amen. Amen. You, you're absolutely right uh, in that God does not uh, show favoritism. Yes, Israel was his chosen nation or his chosen people. But guess what? We, all of us, have become the Israel of God. That's right. You know that. So uh, he has, we have been adopted. Even though we were not born in quote-unquote geographical Israel, we have been adopted because we're uh, we Christ. Um, and really, the examples that we've all given has, have been very, very good. Um, you know, our parents did what they did based on their understanding at the time. If they knew some of what we know now, I don't think they would have done that because, you know, what you, the example you gave, uh, Raphidelis, and what uh, Sister Julia was talking about, Subconsciously, our parents did certain things that somehow would create, um, I don't want to call it a problem, but a problematic relationship amongst their children long after they're gone. They, you know, but they, this was the, the wisdom that they had at the time. You know, it may have been that the pregnancy that led to you was unique to your mother. And so, you know, not that your older siblings were not, um, you know, loved. She loved them. But this one, you know, you probably kicked her the most. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, you know, this was what our parents did. So we, in light of what we have, we, we don't have all revelation, but... God, the Holy Spirit, is teaching us to become like him. Like him. God has no favorites. He loves us all. Even the ones that are hard to hear. You know, just like, I, th I don't know who said it, but there are some children that, you know, you, you, before you even say anything, they're already doing it. But then you've got some that you, you have to become like a broken record and say it over and over and over and over and eventually, you know. God, that's who we are trying to be like. 
So with the help of the Holy Spirit, you know, uh, and everybody is so correct. We, we love all of our children equally. You know, there's none of them that you, you cannot say that you love. But, you know, there is always that one that, not that you love them more than the others, but there is that one that you have kind of a relationship <laughs> with. You know, I'm not saying that that is a favorite. <laughs> That's the English word of the one that you have that relationship with, I say. <laughs> well, if you want to say that there is a favorite, but to me, I don't see any favorites. I, I really don't. However, um, you know, just like you said, each and every one of them have you know, a unique way that you relate to one another, you know, and for most people, it's usually the youngest one, but, you know, uh, I don't know, for me, I don't have any favorites, but I kind of know who can manipulate me, so, so to speak. <laughs> I, I know who that person is, I, and I recognize it as my own weakness, so, anyway. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, well, it is it's very true that um, God does not have favorites except David. And, and um, I, I am equally in that trend. Um, it's surprising that all what David did, God says, the man after his heart. But let's leave that aside. Um, like I have three, uh, three, three boys and one girl and my daughter if I want to borrow um, Pastor um, Abigail's word is, is the daughter um, she seems to be the one that understands me the most believe me um, if this girl wants something from me, she wouldn't, she would not just come and say, Daddy, I need this. Just come, Daddy, I've eaten today. You know, she'll play around, makes you feel good, and then she'll just make coffee, do something and bring to you. Say, by the way, Daddy, it hides your pocket like, I need some, I need to do my hair, blah, blah, you know. But others will just come, Daddy, I need to go and cut my hair. You know, there's a way they pretend it. Uh, but what really makes me um, very conscious of her is the fact that um, I do not want her to fall away because of any lack. I do not, as a girl child, they have their own demands. They have their own peculiarities. Um, I particularly want my daughter to fall in love with the man because of love, not because of anything she wants and the father cannot provide. Believe me, if my daughter asks me for anything, I cannot sleep except I do that. It feels so, I do not want her to, you know, because okay, ask daddy for this, we cannot maybe look for solace somewhere else. It didn't start today. I, 
actually, because of her, has spoiled other members of the family. Because I want her, at the end of the day, to get loved and to fall in love because of love and nothing, you know. I used to take them even outside the country in those days just to make sure that nobody come and tell you, entice you with this and that, and you fall. So that has been the driver of my relationship with her. And she has recognized that, in fact, the brothers, when they were growing up, they do not come to me to ask for anything. They have to tell her to come and ask me. <laughs> because she knows how to present to you. I'm telling you, presentation sometimes matters. And that normally wins the heart of the parent. And being the only daughter, uh, she's protected. So okay. she's not a favorite, but she's a girl after my heart. She's protected. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we, that's we it. all know that. Okay, sorry, sorry. Mm -hmm. we all know that fathers have favorite, and their favorite are their daughters. And mothers are favorite, and their favorites are their sons. Uh, we can say no and say whatever, but God has no favorite. But I can tell you in another sense that we are all God's favorite. Okay. And uh, just like uh, Mr. Amora said, David was a man after God's heart. And with all of the things he did, he was still, and you, you could check all the prophets in the Bible, there was uh, no one that God could say, you are my favorite. Now look at Jesus again. Jesus had 12 disciples. Out of the 12 disciples, John was always leaning and resting by, on, on Jesus' breast. So when something happened, you know, guess what? And they want to ask questions. Peter will say, what is happening? He said, oh, hey, John, what uh, is the master saying? So John will whisper and also tell, you know, and because, and why is this? It's not the prophet that Jesus loved. <laughs> you know, so, but it's not favoritism, but I think it's just uh, the, more, the way you respond to God is the way God will respond to you. The way you, the more you love, the more you move closer and the more you are, the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near. So as you're moving close, you are closer and you are closer and, you know, so it's, it's, God doesn't have favorites, but we are all God's favorite. And we also need to know that, just like with the first one I said, that fathers, I've, I've seen that over and over. I'm talking about uh, this experience that uh, happens in homes. Fathers love their, well, not that they love more. <laughs> they love their daughters more than their sons. It's just not that they do. Looking at me, <laughs> she she doesn't agree with you. <laughs> That's incorrect. That could be more incorrect. Um, and I'm bringing the phone. I'm bringing the uh, mic. But um, just to add to that, I think that God just deals with us all differently. He deals with us differently because of how we are. Um, even with John, um, he still built the church through Peter. So 
I mean, you just, you know, I don't think it's, it's not about favorites. You can love people the same way and treat them differently. It doesn't have anything to do with how much you love. Um, most parents love their kids all the same. Treat them differently just depending on how they act. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I wanted to say. Yeah, it's good. But um, you know, I, I was looking at the dictionary. You know, the dictionary always always helps us when we are not sure. <laughs> so who is a favorite? The dictionary says one that is treated or regarded with special favor or liking. A favorite, one that is treated or regarded with special favor or liking. based on their inclination. The Bible says, bring up a child in the way that he should go, that he or she should go. So we have to be careful about that. Bring up a child in the way that he should go. If my child is going this way, I'm going to treat him or her to that way. Different, different. So I use different methods, you know, to relate with them. It doesn't mean that they are favorites. One is favorite over the other. Um, as as uh, we were talking, I think all that you people have said, you are right in your own way. <laughs> the example of um, the three apostles, I always say the, the, the scripture we cited, that was written by John. And John, like my brother said and uh, Moran said, you know, is how he received, he responded to the love of God. But Christ loved all of them the same. But he responded in a different way. You know, he was more comfortable with Jesus. He could lie on his chest. So that's the thing. So, but Christ didn't favor John more than the other two. They were inner ones, the ones that were to carry on the gospel. So they were closer. So he made sure he taught them everything. But how you respond to that love is different. God doesn't have favorite. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, I think we'll stop there going to prayer. Do unless somebody has another question. Okay. Oh, and Sister Julia, you said something. Whether your treatment of the boy is different, you know, whether that's uh, shame favoritism. I don't think so. I think you are trying to be more protective of the girls. Uh, most families do that, you know. They, 
kind of restrict the girls. The same way my brother is treating the girl differently so that she doesn't get um, carried away by the wrong uh, person or people. So I think we tend to be more protective of the girls. And if we give them, you know, time to come home, different from the boys, it's okay, but we need to do uh, the same for boys because boys can also get into trouble or get people into trouble. That was, that was uh, uh, a point you mentioned, uh, Brother Bruce, briefly on Sunday, and that was where parents project their lives onto the children. The things that they couldn't do, uh, yeah, the things that they couldn't do around the children, just like Sarah mentioned, she said, we're going to do this, and I couldn't do it. And that is usually projecting yourself onto your child, not really trying to help that child, but just trying to help the child. Can you uh, expand a little more on that? Yeah, like, you know, sometimes we tell the child, you have to study this. You have to be a medical doctor. You have to be a lawyer. You have to do this. Meanwhile, the child doesn't have any interest in uh, science. But because you want that child to be a medical doctor, you pursue the, get, uh, the child. I've seen so many people uh, back home here that the girl will just do, or the child will just do, let me do it to please my parents. And then at the end, they will get the degree. They never practice. I've seen a lawyer that never practiced for one day in law. Instead, uh, what was it? Um, what was it? Instead, she went into fashion. But she's a lawyer. And I've seen many uh, Omalikos, you know, the mother is a medical doctor, push uh, the boy to do medicine. He spent four years, he couldn't, in Nigeria that is easier to do medicine. The boy couldn't cope, he had to drop. Frustrated the boy, eventually he spent like 10 years, start, uh, started doing computer science. So like the Bible says, find out the child's inclination, what the child is interested in or what he's good in, and then guide the child in that way. When uh, Ime, my last one, when she finished uh, high school, she didn't know what she wanted to do. So I said, okay, when you figured out, she went into college the first year, she still didn't know what she wanted. Second year, she said, um, she was doing psychology. She wanted to do psychology. I said, is that what you want to major in? She said, yeah, she likes psychology. I said, okay, now think of what you will do when you get a degree in psychology. Go and do some research, you know. Go and see where you can work. You want to work in the school to be a counselor? She said, no, I don't like that. I said, okay, what do you want to do with psychology? So she went and researched. I said, okay. I look at her grade, yeah, she's good in science. In fact, all of them are good in science. We don't have um, uh, interest in the other like accounting. So I said, okay, you are good in science. How about, have you thought of uh, a pharmacy or any other thing? Look at them and see if you can do it. Then she came back and said, okay, that she can't find a good job with um, psychology. So, but that she still wants to get first degree. Uh, in psychology. 
and that she likes pharmacy, she will do pharmacy. I said, okay. So that's what she did. I let her do, got her degree in uh, uh, psychology, and then she went to school of pharmacy. So it's just to guide them, you know, it's, they might not know, but show them the fact and present to them, you know, even if it is drawing art they like, you know, we don't think that is uh, very important, but, you know, the child can become very important and that can be a name to be reckoned with, you know, if they pursue it. So that's what I meant, you know, just finding out what the child's calling what the child's uh, gift things are, and then their inclination, like the things that they are good in, and then encourage them in that area. Okay. Let's pray. I want us to pray for our children. Let's pray for all the children in Wakfan both the ones that are difficult to raise, the ones that are easygoing, let us pray for them and pray that the ones that are giving mommy tough time, that God, they will hear the voice of God. God will guide them. The Holy Spirit will lead them, that they will follow that voice. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow, that they will not follow this voice of stranger, but they will follow the voice of the Holy Spirit and listen to the voice of the parent that God has given them to guide them. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, want to pray for our children, Almighty God. We thank you because they are gifts from you. They are blessings from you, Father, Lord. We want to pray for all the children in Wakfan, O Father. Both the good, the bad, whatever they are, they are gifts from you, Father, Lord. And we thank you for each and every one of them. Our Father and our God, we pray that you will guide them and lead them, O King of glory. Father, especially the ones that are difficult, Almighty God, the ones that are stubborn, Father, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that, Father, they will hear only your voice, that your Holy Spirit will guide them, O Father, Lord, and help them, O Father, to make the right decision and follow the right path. Help them, O Father, Lord, to listen to the parents that you've given them, O Father, Lord. And so that it will be well with them. Thank you, King of Glory. We'll bless you, Father Lord. We thank you for bringing them to the end of school session, oh Father Lord, as they are rounding up. We thank you, Father, for your protection of them. We thank you, mighty God, because you continue to protect them and guide them all through the summer. Glory and honor and adoration be ascribed unto you forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray for parents also for God's grace to be upon them and uh, strength for them to do the work that God has given them. Our Father and our God, we also want to commit all parents into your hand, all of us, almighty God. Yes, sometimes it's challenging, oh Father, but we thank you because your grace is more than sufficient unto us. We bless you, mighty Father. We ask for strength for those that are weak. We pray for wisdom, oh Father, Lord, that for those that need wisdom. Father, remove every confusion from us, O oh King of glory, and give us clear direction on how to bring each particular child as each of them is different. Thank you, Father, Lord. We receive it with thanksgiving. For in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Amen.